S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. Thank you guys so much for coming this week. We're going to talk about Disney Plus. Why are they putting Loki out at 9 p.m. on Thursdays? I don't understand. Um, we're going to talk about The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. We're going to talk about Fortnite's newest like secret free update that they do on Tuesdays sometimes. They're changing the story. They're teasing things. Environmental storytelling. I love it. People are trying to figure out what's going on. I think it's going to be something really cool. We're also going to talk about music of the week, movie of the week. And then also in there, I have a little spiritual thing. I have a little thing about pottery, this Japanese pottery I came across that embraces the imperfections. And it's a beautiful, beautiful art, but also it's a concept that you can apply to our lives. It's very contradictory to our American perfectionist kind of ideals. And I never heard of this. And I thought this would be really cool to share from the podcast. And I'm also going to yell about Loki a whole lot too, right? After that, we had the after show. Bing, bam, boom. That's That's the whole podcast. Let's get into it. What's the big topic this week? I feel like the podcast needed a big topic, so we're going to start off with something big. And then after this, it's, it's downhill, right? <laughs> it's not downhill. We're going to talk about you know Fortnite, um, a cool update they did there. And we're going to talk about this cool Japanese pottery I learned about. Something very creative that I think also applies to our life. It's something, a mindset that I think we should get into. We're going to get into that. But what's my topic coming out the gate? I'm coming out the gate with the fact that I cannot stand what Disney Plus is doing with their, their way that they're distributing Loki. I think it's completely unacceptable. I'm a big MCU guy, and I don't like speaking negatively about any artist or any business on the podcast, but this has gone on too long. I am I'm offended on a deep level. I don't know why Disney Plus is doing this, and I feel like it is killing the energy of what seems like it's going to be a good show. But Loki, Loki Season 2... It, I think it debuted on Tuesday. I feel like it debuted on Tuesday. I, I might also be wrong. Maybe it was Thursday and I'm getting my T's mixed up or whatever. But it doesn't come out until 9 p.m. So today, I was hoping, this is Tuesday or Wednesday, I was hoping to um see the third episode. And it's not out yet. And I was waiting because it also comes out one episode a week, right? So I saw episode one. And while I enjoyed it, I hated the fact I couldn't watch the episode two. Episode two came out. I didn't watch it. I said, I'm going to wait a little bit. Let them kind of add up a little bit so I can maybe I can watch one and watch another one, at least two of them back to back, something like that. And here we are, and I can't get to the episode. I can't watch it. And I do not understand what is the point of this. I'm a Marvel fan. Most of us Marvel fans. I don't know how many people are still out there canceling Disney Plus every other month after they watch a show. Just give us the show. Netflix doesn't do it. It doesn't affect them at all. I really wonder if Disney Plus switched to a program where they just gave everyone the shows when they came out, if all of a sudden Disney would go out of business. I don't think they would. I think they would be fine, right? If anything, um, you know, make more shows, make more content, make more lower cost shows. If you're trying to fill in the gaps and give people more things to watch, I don't really care. My, my, what I do care about is I am so frustrated with Loki season two. I know it's getting all these watches or whatever. There's not a lot of other stuff on it to watch, especially not people who, who are, are family oriented. And it's the MCU. It kind of feels like it's the most important MCU show. So just give us, God, give us the episodes, right? Um, I'm going to new rock stars a lot on YouTube just to extend the show, right? I mean, Disney should just pay them at this point because after the episode is over, about five or six hours later, New Rockstar goes back through the episode, breaking down all the Easter eggs. And they do add another, you know, something to do. Another, like, you know, level of flair 
Um, even though a lot of the times it's theories and rumors and they may be wrong about some things, it is cool to see the, the details they catch and how they connect it to the comics. They really do, I think, the best job. New rock stars on YouTube is the number one, almost the only comic book related, you know, channel I follow. I think that's, I think it's simply the best. I don't see a reason why to follow anyone else. If you guys think that someone else is better or, you know, good in a different way, send them my way. I definitely would check them out. But yeah, I cannot stand this. On, on, on the other hand, um, a, a show that's consumed my, my life this week and I've almost forgot Loki was out is Netflix's The Fall of the House of Usher. The Fall of the House of Usher is an incredibly great show. Um, it's right out there with, I mean, the person who made it is the person who made Dr. Sleep, which I actually happened to also see recently. Um, they also made, I think, um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. I think The Haunting of um, All the Other Manors. They're making all the horror shows. Uh, Midnight Mass. Um, I think The Midnight Club. The Midnight Club, is that the other one? I feel like it's not Midnight Club. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the car racing game. Um, so many great horror shows this team has put together and brought to Netflix and The Fall of the House of Usher is such a great show. It has good acting, good story. It has lots of spectacle, lots of visuals, um, interesting monsters. And the rules of what's going on aren't necessarily very obvious. Um, and, you know, I've been happy to binge it. Again, I'm not canceling my Netflix because I, I watched I watched it all in one week. I'm going to keep my Netflix on until next month, right? And, and even probably even longer than that. I don't know, like, what the problem is with just giving the fans a show let us consume the show. We'll talk about the show. We'll love the show. And we'll stick around for more. Make another great show. But like, I mean, I think Loki is only 60 episodes long anyway. What are you getting? Two months out of that? Two subscriptions out of us? Like, who who's doing this? Who's going back and forth canceling every month? I'm sure just probably a Disney executive. But like, Samurai, you know what you're talking about. Look, everyone cancels every other month. They only, they only sign up for two months because we put Loki across two months and they're forced to watch it. I don't know. I, if I want to watch any MCU movie at this point, I don't go buy a new one. I could just go in there and watch them all. Why would I be canceling my Disney Plus over and over again? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. There's a lot of content on there. I mean, if anything, like I said, they should just ex- focus on making more content. Focus on not password crackdowns and, you know, dripping the, the episodes across multiple months to make everyone stay signed up so they can finish the whole story. Just give people what they want and they'll give you their money. This the MCU. I feel like they should know this the best. Um, you know, it, it's insane to me that in, in this day and age, you still have people looking at the stuff from anything else besides just give people great content, right? Like the business strategies and all the marketing. I feel like a lot of times people are just trying to justify their jobs and figure out like why you need all these other minds that have nothing to do with creating content and story. And then you have people on YouTube, like Mr. Beast, who I mentioned later on in the podcast, who just comes up with an idea and makes an interesting video. And because the attention is there, they can just make a ton of money. And, and you keep coming back because you know that that creative person is going to keep making creative things. So like, that's why we come back. That's why we watch. I don't need you to trick me into two months. Just give me the in show already and then after that's over and we're like oh my god it's so good i'll probably want to watch it again or go back and watch season one or go watch another mcu show yada 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 until the next movie comes out the next thing drops boom 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 you know keep it going um it's killing me it's killing me and that's my rant i don't usually rant a lot on the podcast but hopefully in the next six or so weeks i'll be done watching loki season two and have a take on it um besides the first episode was pretty good so We'll we'll see what happens. So we're going to do a little quick update on what's going on in Fortnite. 
I really always tell you guys, when I'm talking about Fortnite, it's because I'm super excited about it. I'm really hoping everyone hops in. Jack Skellington and Michael Myers will be coming to the item shop within the week, I believe. I think it's like the 22nd and 23rd. Um, they'll probably be there for a few days, but again, I would be checking it out if you guys are interested. And um, really, well, the coolest thing I think about it is the potential, the possibility. This is the stuff that no one talks about, the story, the story in Fortnite, the ongoing, never-ending story, the, the game evolving for free every Tuesday about... Um, with updates, not every single Tuesday is there like a major shift in the story, but when that, you know, to, to look at my phone and see, hey, when you go into Fortnite today, there's been changes to the map and there's environmental storytelling. There's not a cut scene or a movie talking to you. You can go to this area. And if you didn't know, if you didn't look at your phone, you just went to the area, you would discover something has changed. Something has happened. What's happened? And then you have to kind of infer what's going on. Um, I don't know if there's always official documents on what the actual story is unfolding. Um, but everyone kind of, you know, agrees and tells the story online together. Um, and, you know, I imagine the Fortnite makers are somewhere in that community and they might put out certain statements. And I do believe they give like little press kits to um, content creators and stuff like that. So basically what's happening right now is the time heist has been completed. Characters from the game that you've been helping have went back through time and have stolen some old items from previous versions of Fortnite. And the big, you know, rumor and the suggestion is that the next season of Fortnite is actually going to be an old map from Fortnite. And that's never happened before in the history of Fortnite. Um, mind you, we're now basically what I like to call Fortnite 2 or maybe even Fortnite 3. Um, we're in an updated version of Unreal. So when you go back to that map, you're going to have new mechanics, new graphics, new visuals. But the old map, kind of like a remaster, basically. Um, I imagine that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to have like the old graphics or anything like that. Um, yeah, because like the new items that the items that they discovered and pulled through, they're all they all they all look good. They're all like fresh looking items and stuff. So that'd be cool to go back to the past. That's already kind of a cool thing. If you if you never got to play the old maps, then you get a, a chance to try one, right? And it, they say it might be a short season too, like four weeks something like that, not a full season. Um, some even suggest there might be multiple maps. I doubt that. I doubt that they took the time to balance and figure out multiple maps. But I think one map for a few weeks and then going to like whatever the next part of the story is, that makes sense. Um, the biggest thing, which I think could be really cool, but I don't know if they'll do it, um, is if there will be a battle pass for those four weeks that tie into the old items or some of the old items in some way that you can no longer get. Um, you know, this has always been a controversy in the Fortnite community. If, you know, the OG or the original players who were actually there for season one, season you know, one, part two, chapter three, chapter four, you know, if those people, the items that they earned, if other players should be allowed to come and earn those items in any kind of way. Um, you know, a lot of the OG players that have those exclusive items because they were actually there supporting the game during that time, they say no. They're like, we were here. Tough, you guys can't have them, too bad, right? Now, um, there's also, you know, I talked to some of the OG players and their kind of take on it now, after it's been about, I think, four or five years, was that the OG players have moved on. They don't play Fortnite. So all those items are sitting on accounts that are pretty much not active. Of course, there's a few people that are still active, but it's rare. It's rare I go across the map and see a skin that, you know, I don't recognize because most of the skins are from the last three or four years. Um, every once in a while, very rarely do I see a skin from a character, you know, that I'm like, who is that? Um, cause those still, no one plays with those skins, right? So 
obviously for Epic, um, it would make them a ton of money if they did a shorter season, charge full price for the season pass, and then gave someone chances to, you know, get old items and then move on to a new season. They could fit more season passes in that year, maybe one or two more if they did that once or twice. I'm all for it. Um, I'd be super excited to have the opportunity to go back. I always wish that I had played Fortnite since day one. Um, obviously, Fortnite was different back then. I might not have enjoyed it as much. But it, it's I have most of the season content for the last three or four years. Um, and just as like a collection now at this point, I would love to have some of those items. I, I frequently use old items in like creative maps or to take pictures for art reference, all sorts of things. Um, I love, 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 love the artwork in Fortnite. Um, you know, I think it's the best artwork currently in the world um, because yeah, I think it meets, you know, the perfect balance between function and design. Um, it's so expressive. It's very creative. You know, um, I think a lot of times you see things that are really derivative. Like if you have Marvel and DC, which are arguably two of the biggest producers of art um, in our lifetime, you know, they'll have a character and if someone from the other company will make a similar character. Well, I love how Fortnite will go and just make something you've never seen before. And I really, really like that. You don't look at that character all the time and say, oh, that's just a copy of this one. They do make copies too, but they don't have just nothing but copies. They have a lot of original ideas um, and you know remixes and takes on things. It's very, very fun. Uh, I can't talk enough about this game. But the story also seems really cool. And I wouldn't be surprised if the next season isn't that. Because the rumors in the Fortnite community can go wild. But hopefully, whatever it is, it's awesome. I do think it's cool that the map has changed and that they're they're stealing some items from the past. Um, and that makes me hopeful. I mean, I would not be against them having some kind of mode or some kind of way that you could go back and earn even maybe maybe even a double battle pass where you have your battle pass for the current season with you know for new players, and then again some way to purchase old battle passes and go to the old map. I believe when Halo came out, I'm not sure if this actually worked or not. I believe they were going to have a system where when you purchased the Battle Pass, there was no expiration. So if you purchased it, you could eventually earn all the items at your own leisure. Um, and whenever you played, you just activate whatever Battle Pass you wanted. So if you missed five seasons, you came back, and for some reason you bought all five Battle Passes, you could play with them. As you play, you say, oh, I'm earning towards Season 2. Um, you could do that to completion, or you might say, the middle says, ah, I want to switch over to Season 3 now. And then come back to Season 2. I thought that was a very good idea for, for Halo um, Infinite. I don't know anyone that plays Halo Infinite, so I don't know if the idea worked or not. Ultimately, I guess people didn't really care. I think that's probably more so to the game than in, you know, and it being exclusive to Xbox um, than that concept. But I think it would be super cool if, you know, along with buying, you know, the regular um, skins, if a player can purchase an old pass, maybe even at a premium, maybe at a penalty, right? Maybe it's more expensive. Um, I wouldn't. I would definitely see myself looking at certain seasons um, that have some cool skins, and going back and trying to recapture them. Um, that'd be a very cool thing to do, especially when you get towards the end of the season. If you're already done everything you wanted to do, um, you know, be able to have some other kind of objective you could switch to at your leisure. That would be awesome. And then you know, unlocking those old cool items that are gone from the game now, or you just rarely seen from the game now, I think would also add a bigger mix to what you see on the map. You see lots of the similar characters, a lot of the trending characters. I'm sure for the next month or two, you'll see the million Jack Skeletons. So yeah, that's why it's going on in Fortnite right now. Again, I recommend everyone try it out. Go in here. The most amazing, amazing creative maps are going on there. There's a map right now. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. Um, I think it's called Spooky Tycoon, actually. It's it's featured map. It is one of the best, best creative map experiences I've ever played. Um, you defend, it's, it's like four or five castles. You fight over an area in the middle. You upgrade your castle. You upgrade powers. 
Um, you have infinite ammo, but you're fighting these all these different creatures that you don't normally see in the game. Um, it's like a, I think one of the best tycoon games. It's very proactive. Like you have to do stuff, but you also make money and like run your you're upgrading your castle or whatever, making passive income. It's very very fun, unique mix for um, a shooting game, and, it, and it's not like you don't win or lose really. You just kind of play as long as you feel like it. Um, you can be in first place if you want, but it doesn't really matter. It's just really fun, like the natural um, game that comes out of it. Sometimes people who are there want to be cooperative and, and work together. Sometimes people want to attack you. Sometimes you'll have more money than someone else. You might give them advanced items they don't have, and then they want to work with you. And And this is all without talking. You're just running around and emoting and giving people stuff and seeing if they'll work with you. And it's like an all very organic experience. You don't know what's going to happen, which leads to amazing replay value. Definitely, I think it's called Spooky Tycoon or Hard Tycoon. Um, one of the best, best, best creative experiences I've seen so far. And it's created in Unreal, right? So they're using the Unreal Editor to perfection. They have a boss fight. I think it's pretty cool. Really love that game. But that's everything I'm saying about Fortnite this week. Let's keep it going. Music of the week. This week, I have two nominations, Billie Eilish and ASAP Rocky. We're going to go through them, right? Billie Eilish song, Happier Than Ever, is an older song that came out. And the funny thing about it is I just understood the meaning of the song, right? My daughter was watching some lyric videos. She just discovered at eight years old that she can watch music videos on YouTube with lyrics and learn the songs. And I thought that was cool because when we were younger, a lot of times you'd buy a CD or something like that and it would come with the lyrics in the book. So you would know that. It was disappointing when the artist didn't do that, the record label didn't do that. But you could just read the lyrics there. Also, when you're in high school and stuff, um, we sometimes print lyrics off of like lyric websites. But for her, she didn't really consider this. And she kind of always just sang the songs she heard on the radio. But now she realizes you can read the lyrics on YouTube and actually learn the real lyrics to the song. And Happier Than Ever from Billie Eilish, Passively, is a very nice song. I've heard it before. It's an older song. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about it was I remember there being some kind of pushback from her fan base because it seemed like her follow-up album was going to be more positive and happy and successful. And people like didn't really like that. I remember hearing the song thinking, oh, I get it. I get people don't like the fact that she's like happy now, right? And the song's called Happier Than Ever, right? That's not what the song's about. <laughs> and I've never, ever noticed it because she has that like laid back mumbling kind of singing sometimes um and it's so funny that looking at the lyrics the very first sentence of the song is when i'm away from you i'm happier than ever i don't know what i thought she used to say before i thought before she said like when i'm with you i'm happier than ever or like she kind of is happier than that like i never even heard that first sentence but that one sentence changes the entire complexion of the song. It is not what I thought the song was, right? So it is like, it's like a jab at somebody. It's, um, you know, it's a sad song. She It's really in, in a lot of ways. And I thought, genius. Wow. I don't know if everyone got the subtext of that. Maybe I'm the last person to realize that. But I recommended that for Music of the Week. So if you haven't heard it in a long time, look up the lyrics to Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever and give that a shot. Um, if you're not a Billie Eilish fan, I also got some ASAP Rocky for you. A song that I didn't hear before, or if I heard it, it must have been in passing. And it's not like the greatest song in the whole world, but it's my pick for the song of the week. ASAP Rocky has a song called Sandman, and I thought that was awesome. I was looking for music from the TV show Sandman, and came across the ASAP Rocky song. I thought it was a really dope song. 
Um, you know, one of one of those, those situations I think with with a lot of music I hear from ASAP, I like to make playlists for his music. So I don't always sit down from front to back and go through albums. I don't do that for many artists anymore. Um, usually if someone says you gotta listen to this album, like I keep hearing I gotta listen to Daytona. I like Pusha T. I like to just skip around and hear a lot of his music that kind of cuts through the the noise. But I haven't sat down and listened to Daytona from front to back. So now it's like a thing I have to go do. Um, and that's what I like to do every once in a while. When I'm in the album listening mood, I'll sit down and listen to it. But ASAP Rocky Sandman, great song. You guys check it out. Add it to your playlist. And those are my picks for Music of the Week. So a pretty cool thing I learned about this week is something called Kintsugi Pottery, right? It's Japanese crack pottery or Kintsugi, that's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I Pottery. Um, definitely check it out and look it up. Uh, it's something that my, my mom sent me. She had heard about it and, um, you know, they were, they were doing this like teaching that she was going through and they were teaching her about the concept behind it. Cause it's not just pottery. It's kind of a, a way of thinking. And basically the, the idea is, is in Japanese pottery or in, I guess, Japanese culture, I guess you would say, sometimes what they do is, you know, they'll take the pottery that breaks over time or a vase or anything that's broken um, and they'll put it back together using a golden paste. And um, it, it all looks, I think, quite beautiful. And it's really cool. Like, instead of, like, hiding the flaws, it basically highlights the flaws. It makes a very unique pattern in whatever the, the actual pattern already was for the vase or the pot or the bowl or, you know, what have you. Um, and it was basically comes from an, an old shogun who thought of the idea of, you know, basically embracing how you, you don't want to look at life thinking that everything's supposed to be perfect, right? And that's not really what life's about. You go through life, you change, you have mistakes, you have imperfections. So let's let's highlight them, right? Kind of like the wrinkles in your skin or a scar or something like that from battle. Um, these are things that you earn. These are things that um you know mean something and should give you character. And it's very, you know, different in American culture, I think, when it comes to everything we do, because we always try to make everything look as best as possible. Um, and I thought it was kind of freeing, the concept. While I was doing some art this week, I guess you can throw this into the whole, like, get creative with Samurai, whole, like, part of the podcast. Um, I was really focused a lot on getting things perfect and trying to really capture certain looks for a picture. And aesthetically, definitely when you're trying to tell a story through a picture, there are some things I think that need to be clear. However, I did find it quite freeing to then say, well, why, why not? Why not make it more expressive? Why not, um, you know, have things be more messed up or, you know, however I would draw them, of course, not, not like messed up for messed up sake, but if it's not perfect, it's okay. It's just what I can do at this level of art. And I really loved that I came across this concept of pottery around this time in my art because I'm definitely moving forward with my art now and being confident that I can do art. Is it the greatest art in the world? That's not the point, right? I think that's why I really, you know, be able to shed that idea of comparing my art to so many great seasoned artists out there. And instead, just really focusing on, you know, what I do well is tell my story, the story I want to tell with my characters that I've created. My writing is really the main thing I'm trying to highlight and, you know, feature. Um, but I really want images to go with it. And I've been working for years to try to get to a level of art. And I know I'm still, you know, miles away in terms of all the skills I have to learn. It's definitely a lifelong journey. And that's kind of the point. You know, I thought it was actually kind of cool to look at the picture as I went over the picture for the last like two weeks or so. I'm learning as I'm doing it. 
So like I'm coming across like backgrounds and I'm like, okay, well, how, what's some techniques or some ideas for backgrounds? I'll go learn that, but I might've already laid a sketch down for the background. So I come back with even more, you know, skill for the background. However, I already have a rough sketch that wasn't maybe that great. So some parts of it I keep, like the parts I think is, oh, kind of okay, I'll keep. And other parts I'll go ahead and enhance with like the new techniques I learned. And I kind of like the mishmash and the growing of it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like from the cover, the art looks basic. And as you go through the book, the art gets better and better. That actually might be kind of cool. I don't know. But um, I really thought it was it's something that applies to all our lives of how we can look at ourselves and stop looking at ourselves as supposed to be com- complete or perfect or finished. Um, really just, you know, putting yourself out there and and doing whatever it is that you need to do to to be who you are. You know, I, I saw a great video today. My daughter showed me actually a Mr. Beast video. Well, I don't watch a lot of Mr. Beast, but he did a really, really elaborate, cool video on YouTube of like a real life Squid Games. And I think half a million dollars was on the line. And the they recreated the sets. They've got costumes. They had these like explosive packs that everyone had on them. So when they got eliminated, it would explode almost as if they had gotten shot. Um, very, very cool, very elaborate stuff. I think I, I, re- I read it, it cost 3.2 million or 3.5 million to make this 25 minute YouTube video. Um, in comparison, an episode of Squid Games is one episode takes about $2.2 million to make. So this one video, uh, which might be shorter than an episode of Squid Games costs more than an episode of Squid Games. Um, and I also look to see, you know, did they pay the creator? Did the creator get any kind of copyright for it or royalties i don't know if they paid him but the creator said he was very happy that they made the video because it brings a lot more attention to the show and he hopes people keep doing it so i thought that was a really good attitude i don't i don't know if he paid him or not but it seems like um they they were really happy about that so yeah and then like i think they gave away like half a million dollars in prizes or whatever um it's, it was really cool to see that you know mr beast from my understanding of him he came out about 11 years ago doing kind of different stunts in his backyard, whatever, you know, challenges he could think of. A lot of his challenges seem to be time in, uh, intensive. You know, can I pick up, you know, 10,000 rocks and put them in a bowl or something like that? You know, these are kind of things that were just different. And that's really the idea, just being yourself and doing, I guess, whatever appeals to you that must have appealed to him since he did it for 11 years and then reached, you know, an unbelievable height in popularity. But you had to have been... He has to have people around him, I guess, that would say, hey, these ideas are stupid. Or why is your name Mr. Beast? You know, like these are not necessarily all things that are obvious to people, but he was true to himself. And after 11 years, look at what he has, right? So I think that, you know, the art, the pottery and everything, um, I thought it all kind of tied together what's been going on in my life and my mind this week. And I hope that, you know, gives you guys something for your life and any kind of art you're doing. Also, just in general, any kind of things you're, you're dealing with in life. You know, we don't have to be perfect. We just got to be ourselves and accept what we are and move forward. And um, the cracks and all, you know, they make us who we are and they tell our story. And at the end of it, you know, we are all going to end up being very unique people. The last thing I'll say about that is a shout out to my friends. You know, um, I got a moment to think about, you know, all of them and how they kind of pour into my daughter in different ways with different experiences and stuff. And I really, really like that. I really like that I was able to have people around her that, you know, give her different ideas, give her different perspectives. You know, I have friends that are, you know, into technology. I have friends that are into like, you know, all holistic things and nature. Um, and she has a very mixed life when it comes to stuff like that. And I love that she gets to be that um, open-minded and, you know, gets to experience all sorts of things um, from like, you know, Wim, Wim Hof exercises 
to, um, you know, playing Fortnite creative, you know, all day or something like that, making something in Fortnite creative. Um, it's, it's something that's really cool. And I think that that's hopefully will, you know, weave into her life and her story when she gets older. I have no idea where it's going. Right. So I think our parents probably wanted that for us. I'm sure we want that for our children. So that's, that's my first topic of the week. And let's keep the podcast rolling. Movie of the week. I like when movie of the week is an older movie, a movie that people don't talk about anymore, one that maybe fell through the cracks and, and, and unrightfully so. Maybe it should be praised and brought up more in conversation. And this is one of those weeks. This week on Netflix, you can watch Hellboy, the original Hellboy starring Ron Perlman. Um, I never saw the third Hellboy, so I don't want to say that Hopper from Stranger Things was not a good Hellboy. Um, I love him as, you know, the I think the Red Guardian in the MCU movies. Um, and he's great on Stranger Things, but I never saw his Hellboy, so I love Ron Perlman, and I love Ron Perlman's Hellboy. Uh, one and two, I do think one is a bit more, I don't know, a bit more fun. I think two, you st- was missing something, I don't know. But I love Hellboy 1, and this is on Netflix, and Netflix got me, because when I was scrolling through the films, it does that thing where it plays like a scene, and they picked a good scene. I don't know if they pick it or if it's random, but they picked a really good scene, they really showcased all the interesting characters in that movie and they're acting with each other. They're just kind of standing around talking. I was like, man, this this is a good that's a good movie right here, right? I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is our current version of the the essence of Hellboy, in the sense that like the Guardians are different. They're different kind of heroes than you're used to seeing. Rocket Raccoon talks different, right? He's not exactly the kind of guy that you expect to be a hero. He might steal something or whatever. He might, you know, swear a lot or something like that, right? And Hellboy has that energy. You know, he's that way. He's a little more rough. Abe Sabian, his friend, is more calm. There's different kind of personalities. Um, I think her name is is uh, Liv or Liz. I, I'm, I'm watching a lot of iZombie, so I'm thinking of Liv more from iZombie. But I think um, um, there's a girl character in, in the movie that makes fire. I hate the fact that I can't think of her name on top of my head. But when we keep it rolling, she's awesome, right? I love the actress that plays her. And their dynamic is cool because, like, she makes fire. And that's the first time I think I ever saw blue fire. And I think blue fire doesn't have oxygen in it or is burnt out all the oxygen or something like that, which I never even knew about. But I thought it looked really cool and distinguished her from Human Torch. Back then, Fantastic Four movies were coming out. So I thought that was a really cool decision they made, either, you know, whether they made it in the comic or they made it for the film. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's a Gamma del Toro film. And the visuals are amazing. The costumes are amazing. The monsters are amazing. There are some CGI parts that do show their age. Um, but to be fair, again, they're doing this amazing over-the-top you know, visuals. And their practical effects are really good. The costumes they're wearing, the monsters, when you see that they're actually there, they're amazing. So sometimes CGI is a little eh. But the story I thought was good. I like the characters. I like the vibe and feel of the film. Um, and I really just kind of wish they kind of would have made more of them. Like I said, Hellboy 2, I haven't seen in a while. I'm going to go watch that and see, you know, what's missing there. Um, I don't remember, you know, loving it as much as I loved the first one. So I got to go check it out again. But Hellboy 1 is on Netflix. That's my pick for Movie of the Week. stretch relax let your hair down it's the after show you made it you made it to a special hidden room that back section 
where I like to sit here and talk about me, regular Lewis, regular stuff that I'm doing. You know, when all the all the shiny lights are gone and Samurai isn't there and just just me. Who's who's who who am I? Who's this guy? What's he, what's he got going on? If you made it this far, you, you care about this stuff. Thank you so much for all your support. All you guys constantly listening and sharing the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been great. And, you know, I guess the one thing I'm thinking about is, is community this week, right? Um, there is a person who made a comic book. And I'm buying this comic book hopefully this Friday. So I'll talk about it more in the future. I might even try to get the person and see if they'll come on the podcast. But they're from Chicago. Um, and basically, though, I, the whole point is I saw the book. They shared the book in Procreate, um, a Procreate art channel. And they're like, yeah, a lot of people say you can't make, you know, a book, a comic book in Procreate. But I did. Boom. 64 pages. You know, show your support if you can. Check it out. And I was like, I will buy it right now. Because I love that. I love the ambition. I love someone going for it. Um, it's worth investing in. I'm a firm believer in that. And I believe there's karma in that too. I believe that's the kind of energy you should put into the world. That's what, that's what, that's what inspires the Get Creative with Sammy Rye idea. You know, everything I want to do, it, it goes from that. You know, trying to give other creators that the same feeling. Because like people who complete things, people who work on something for a long time, I know how difficult that is. And I know that, you know, getting 64 pages done in Procreate is not an easy task. And then printing it, had, it looked, the book book looks awesome. I like the art style. Um, I believe the character, the concept is like, um, it's like a broken marker. They like spilling out, spills out all this ink and then some other character comes along and they become like friends like that. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. It looks cool. And it looks like it's an action comic. It's a Chicago hero. Um, I think he's already working on like a follow-up manga. It's like a one-off, spin-off or whatever. And it was all done like with red ink. And it looked really attractive. It was very different, very creative. And I love that. And I want to I want to highlight that and, you know, and support that kind of stuff. Um, and I also came across Patreon. I, I dabbled with Patreon and didn't really see a need for it in my ecosystem of things that I did. I didn't feel like I had content really to, you know, be worthy of Patreon. Um, but today I came across a really cool channel called like historical, historical battles. And they make these miniatures. They make these like top down view miniatures. It's just artwork that you can print or you can make videos with. They're like, they'll make like cars, trees, streets, buildings, all the environments. Kind of like if you're looking at a Dungeons and Dragons map, if you ever play one of those top down RPG kind of games. But they made so much art over the years. And I think you actually can access their community completely for free, which I feel like is robbery. I feel like you got to give them some kind of money. So if they have like a buy me a coffee function like that, I'm going to have to send them some money. Because I'm definitely going to have you know use for those top-down tokens. They look amazing. They easily could turn that into a business if someone will print them or whatever. Um, but it looks like they just let people use them. And I found a cool YouTube channel that always uses them to recreate um, real life battles and situations, you know, from history and show you like an animated form of how the people moved around and what happened. Um, so both the Patreons together, you can, I think both of them, you can join for free. Um, I was, I was overwhelmed by these two channels, the amount of creativity, the cool ideas. Um, I was like, this is what Patreon's for. Now I would never want to start a Patreon unless I had something this unique. Um, and something was like, yeah, I want to pay to be a part of this and I want to support this. Maybe one day I'll get there, but right now I'm still I'm still just working on my, my writing and my, my, my art. Um, but very inspiring. I love that. I love being exposed to other artists. It definitely fuels me. Gary V today made an awesome, awesome 
um, video for Facebook. I did share it to my Facebook if you guys are interested in checking it out. But it was such a cool concept. When I was scrolling, it sounded like the iPhone ring, the default one, which was the one I have. I think I actually might still have it. I've had it for a long time. And then my phone was ringing. And the picture was the iPhone, you know, layout with Gary V calling as a contact with like his icon in it. It looked really cool. And I was like, what the, like, what is this? And then he picks up and he's talking and there's an effect on his voice to make it sound like coming through your phone. And the caption said, hold this up to your ear. So I played along. I role played with it. And it felt like you just got a phone call from Gary V and he's telling you some really positive, inspirational stuff. I hope he does that all the time. I tried to give him money. I went to the, um, the, the, I was going to buy stars and saw that he had it basically disabled. He's not using the Facebook star system, which I've never done before. But I thought that was so, so cutting edge from a person who's already been cutting edge and has broke through the noise so many times over the last five years, at least I've been aware of him. Um, you know, so again, in 2023, we come up with new ideas to get that attention, cut through the noise. And it's what is, what is he selling? Positivity, just more positivity. He should make more books. I'd buy all of his books. Um, but I feel like he's he doesn't even sell that much stuff. He's just giving positivity to the world and encouragement. And is such a positive person to follow. If you guys don't follow Gary Vee on social media, I don't know what you're doing with social media. I mean, I wish there was more positive things like him to follow. I'm very controlling over who I follow on social media because of that. I want to try to have as much positivity as possible. Uh, but Gary Vee is so consistent over over so many years. Like, I've only been aware of him for about five years. I'm aware his his content goes way further back than that. So that was awesome. Um, brushing up my Spanish, me and my daughter, uh, she, she has a new Spanish teacher this year. And she kind of gave him a little, like, um, he was a little impressed by some of the things that she picked up. And that was kind of fuel for the fire to keep on going. We've been working with Duolingo over the last year. I'm not like super, super hardcore. My whole idea was just to get her kind of comfortable, get her some exposure to it. But she she takes to some of the words and she picks them up and tries to use them. And she has a lot of fun. We're out walking around a store and she gets bored. She'll ask me not for my phone to play Candy Crush or whatever. Um, she doesn't play any cell phone games on my phone, but she will play Duolingo and she enjoys that. Um, and I like that I can do that for her, you know. So I've so far, I think I'm going to re up for that. I'm going to do my podcast where I explain all the purchases I make for my next fiscal year. Um, I don't know about samurai.com. I'm, I'm always feel like I got a habit, but I don't think I did anything with it this year. I don't think there's any updates I did to it this year. Um, so maybe soon if I'm selling a book or something like that, there'll be a reason for it. I'm just kind of holding on to it. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a big business expense, but it keeps me honest. I feel like, you know, you don't want to be like, I'm giving up kind of thing. Um, not that I even know if you need a website. A lot of people don't use a website, but I kind of feel like I'm going to sell books and stuff like that. At some point, I'm going to want to have a website. So, I might actually switch from um, my Squarespace domain to another provider that's better for selling like art stuff. I came across um, um, a website. I don't know the name of the website right now, but if anything, if I use it and it's good, I'll tell you guys about it. But that's my week. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you're staying creative and staying positive. Again, accept your imperfections. Move forward and put it out. Get out there and do something. I feel like it's the time to really start putting yourself out there. It doesn't matter if you're not where you think you ought to be or you're not perfect. Just get out there. Start finding your people. That's what I keep telling myself. And I'm hoping I can share that, guys, share that with you guys and you guys you know, enjoy the energy. I'm Sammy Rye. Peace.